and welcome to the Patapod. This week, I chat to my lovely musician friend, Angela Fone, who I've had the wonderful pleasure to work with on many occasions. She is an accompanist and singer and has had a long association with the Nottingham-based charity Music for Everyone, or MFE, as it's become fondly known. During our conversation, Angela tells us about her seven music choices, which you can hear in full via our Spotify playlist. And as always, you can find the link to that from my website, alexpatterson.co.uk. Hello, Angela Fone. Welcome to the Patterpod. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's well, it's a great honour. For those of uh, for those who are listening who don't know who you are or how we know each other, can you tell people how we first met? Oh, wow. Uh, well, probably through Music for Everyone. Yeah. Uh, I think I was aware of you being at the cathedral because you're sort of similar age to my eldest daughter, Steph. And then we certainly met through MFE and we worked together at Sherwood Daytime Voices, didn't we? Yes. Many fond memories of Thursday afternoons in Sherwood with you. Good fun. Good fun. Lovely bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> Love, yeah. Um, I was reminiscing with Elizabeth about that day when it was my birthday and... I had spent the morning out in my back garden, just, you know, soaking up the rays and had arrived for the um, rehearsal that afternoon and realised that I had sunburn down one side of my face. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember. <laughs> quite a strong look. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've learned from then. Those were really good times. They were. And you, you do a lot of accompanying around Nottingham. I do, yes. So... The majority of my work is through Music for Everyone, accompanying for Daytime Voices, and I also accompany for East of England Singers, and now I also accompany for the Nottingham Festival Chorus. Um, I accompany for the Drive Time Choir in the summer, which sadly not happening this year, obviously, uh, which is run uh, by Neil Benison. And then I, I also accompany for uh, lots of uh, young students doing their grade one violin or grade one trumpet right right up to grade eights and diplomas which also missing at the moment that's quite sad but uh, yeah many and varied. And was it always sort of accompanying that you wanted to do? No I mean I when I went to I went to the Royal Academy of Music in 1979 long time ago yeah. now um, and I was actually a first study trombone player Oh, okay. You, did, you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> uh, well, it's one of those where I was like, no, maybe I did know that. But anyway, I'm just enjoying the mental image of you with a trombone, which is quite yeah. terrifying, actually. Yeah, small, small person <laughs> with a trombone. Yeah, no, no <laughs> it was good fun. It was good fun. So um, I think, yeah, when I when I went to college, I went, I wanted to go as a trombone player. I wanted to go to do orchestral music I loved playing orchestral music Mm -hmm. um but similarly loved playing the piano but again orchestral stuff you know and singing was all about doing music with other people and whereas the piano is quite solitary um and then as college life went on I I started doing piano accompaniment as an additional second study with Jeffrey Prattley who was just amazing uh, a very great musician with very small hands and uh, taught me a lot of 
cheats <laughs> how to get round some of this horrible technical massive music that uh, little hands can't stretch so I learned a few good tips from him uh, and I, I also accompanied for my my singing teacher was Kenneth Park uh, who uh, didn't play the piano uh, and he taught me for singing and he said would you like to come along on a Friday when I'm teaching and accompany for other people because I, I struggle because I'm not a pianist and you know, is it something you'd be willing to do? And I said, yes, I'd, I'd love to. So so I just used to go and sight read everything uh, on a Friday yeah. morning with whoever was coming in for a singing lesson. I would just sit there and be their, their bod pianist. And it was great. And I really just, I think that's probably when I fell in love with accompanying. Mm. Um, and it's gone from there. I mean, I, you know, after college, I, I was a school teacher. I taught music up to A level. Um, and then when we moved to Nottingham and we'd got small children, I, um, I actually took, uh, the church choir of St. Leonard's in Woolerton for three or four years, which, which I loved doing. Um, and then I did again, because I've got small children, I was doing piano teaching and singing teaching in, you know, privately in people's houses and, and the accompaniment has just gradually come along the way, really. Um, yeah. and it, gradually took over and became my the thing that I love doing most well you do it very well and I um that's very well um (laughs) Ellie and I speak about you a lot and well we we both say the same thing it's just so great having you there as an accompanist when we're conducting because you you I think you anticipate and you sometimes know where we're going to go from before we do <laughs> and you're just there you know what... <laughs> <laughs> but you know you're like you adapt and you know what the choir need and and you're able to like facilitate that and adapt to that which is just great yeah I mean I, I love accompanying individuals singers and instrumentalists but accompanying choirs again is something else and and when you've got you know people like the daytime voices groups who oh gosh, yeah, I can hear the basses are struggling and just put a bit of extra bass line in or all the sopranos need a bit of help or, you know, sing along with the altos. It's it's great. I love doing it. It's, uh, you know, it's a great way to pass an afternoon. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And and, you you meet lots of lovely different people as well, which uh, is always a bonus. I love, I think that's probably what I've struggled with most in the last few weeks is, uh, not being around lots and lots of people of varying, you know, personalities and characters and yeah, yeah, the general, general normal life is uh, very different, very different, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I can relate to that a lot because although I think I'm naturally quite an introverted person, I and I in the first sort of week or two of lockdown I thought this is great I am loving this um this is great just have a break really yes I would felt like that as well because I'd been I'd, I'd been really busy working because uh, literally the weekend before the lockdown was the um Roderick Williams masterclass oh, of course it was and I'd spent a lot of hours prepping the songs that the students were going to be doing for that and and in the last few days before this lovely masterclass which was great I mean I really enjoyed playing for it uh, and Roderick Williams was just a delight 
Um, mm. I, I spent the last few days before it not thinking, you know, do I know the work? You know, have I done enough homework? Do I know what I'm doing? Because I'm yeah. always very conscious of not wanting to let a student down or, you know, and we, we literally had sort of 20 minutes rehearsal time in the morning before the masterclass in the afternoon. And But I was more worried about, uh, am I going to get sick? Have I got a temperature? Literally yeah. three days beforehand, I'm thinking, please don't get sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This virus, you know, and then let everybody down. But fortunately, all the students arrived and Roderick arrived and uh, it was it was delightful. Um, it, was yeah. a, it was a really lovely day, but um, very surreal in that we weren't hugging each other as people normally would to greet each other it was uh, yeah yeah well quite a lot of prep for you and oh yeah so as I said when the when the lockdown actually happened I think I managed to get to Bilborough College and play for an A-level recital and that was the last thing I did and then all the exams that we'd prepped for some children I'd rehearsed with well I literally rehearsed with some on the Monday morning and their exams were on the Wednesday morning and literally Monday night, everything got stopped. Yeah. So the poor little grade one flautists who were all excited about doing their grade one flute um, just didn't happen. That was quite upsetting. But, you know, that's the way these things happen. But like you, I, I thought, oh, gosh, yes, a break. How? Oh. Yeah, it it was so lovely because I had, I had such a busy term because we'd just done this in John Passion a couple of weeks before. And then my mind was turning to Holy Week and thinking, well, actually, we've got a lot of prep to do a lot of rehearsal to do for holy week and then yeah. suddenly that's not happening and i was gutted because it's just such a musical feast but also oh this is great i can sort of have a bit of a break uh but then going through holy week sort of virtually and not seeing people and then coming out the other end and no then term starting and thinking well actually I'm not seeing these people, this this complete mix of people and various choirs and not having those random little conversations over right. yeah. a cup of tea in the break. You sort of forget just how important and part of that whole experience that is. Yeah. And how much yeah. you get out of that. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really strange. And, you know, I mean, as I say, when you spend, what, three afternoons and an evening, I mean, EOES, obviously, I all the members of the OES I've known for quite a long time and we're a big family and all quite close friends a bit like the cathedral choir in many ways yeah um, and St Peter's similarly I've got a lot of good friends at St Peter's who I've missed seeing but it's it's also you know people I mean there are some friends in daytime voices who I, I literally know their first name but we just have a connection that we pick up every week and we have a little yes. chat how are you and you know, lots of faces come into my mind and I think, oh, I wonder how they're doing. I wonder how they're coping with this. So you're a pianist and you have used to play the trombone. Can you tell us a bit about your sort of musical interests I think my habits are generally now this is pre pre coronavirus lockdown okay I would say most of the time if I'm in the car driving I will be listening to radio 2 okay 
or yeah. possibly um, a CD or a recording of something that I particularly want to listen to. But most mm. of the time, I would be listening to radio too. Uh, okay. I don't tend to listen to classical music in the car. I decided over the years I like my classical music live. Yeah. And also, you know, when I'm at home in the house, if I'm doing housework or something, you know, I would generally have, if I wanted music in the background, I'd have Radio 2 going, or I'd have, you know, a pop, you know, Michael Bublé, Easy Listening, or the Be uh, Beatles, Eagles, you know, you know, all sorts of yeah. different stuff. Um, okay. But since the lockdown, I have been listening to Radio 3 and Classic FM, which is oh, bizarre. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I and uh, just thought, no, I can't be doing with pop music and not because I don't like it, but just something was different. And maybe that's where my I've tried to keep close to classical music because I can't go out and do it yeah. <laughs> with my normal groups of people. I've um, I've been listening to it more. So I've been singing along with choral works on the radio and I've been singing along with orchestral music. I've been playing trombone parts out loud. Yeah. In fact, my if the if the windows have been open, the neighbours will probably be thinking I'm going around the twist. But uh, <laughs> so that's been very different um, in the last that's, few weeks. That's fascinating. Isn't it? There's Isn't it? something about that trying to, yeah, keep that connection to that music where you'd have that connection with other people in real life. Or yeah, in yeah. normal times. Let's take a look at your seven tracks. Tell us about your first track. Okay. So my favourite all-time greatest composer of all uh, is Bach, J.S. Bach. <sighs> I'm totally with you on that. Uh, and so, but then comes the difficult bit. What do you choose from Bach? Because <laughs> so much. And it's... Yeah all so good uh and I thought oh my goodness so I've sung arias from different oratorios I've uh accompanied loads of beautiful sonatas in, you know movements of different things by Bach different instruments I used to play the organ for my church uh when I was in my teens and I used to love playing Actually, I didn't play organ music, which I think is a whole chunk of music that apart from what I've heard people like Peter Seatman and uh, Mike Lutie play at St. Peter's, I, I don't really know much of the organ repertoire at all. But yeah. I did used to love playing Bach preludes on the organ as a voluntary before the service. And then there's the, the choral music, the Christmas Oratorio, the Magnificat, the Passions. Um, but then when I came down to it, I thought, actually, the Magnificat is a is a just a joyous work, um, which I've played organ continuo in and sung. And I just love it um, and could have chosen any any bits of it, really. But the the first chorus is just the, the Magnificat, the words of the Magnificat and just the sort of uplift of that first chorus is just amazing. Mm, sort of smacks you in the head doesn't it yeah and I think there's something about uh because I remember going to a concert down at Westminster Cathedral at Christmas and they did the opening chorus from the Christmas Oratorio oh wow and I was just oh. <laughs> I think I'd heard it before but I'd never really properly listened and 
it was just so joyous. I was like, oh, I love this. This is just great. And it's just such, the man had such an immense brain. Mm, yeah. <laughs> melodic line and, and just all the, the complexities of the music that uh, just go on and on, don't they? Yeah. And then there's some of the some of the simpler piano music that he wrote is, you know, just lovely, just beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I've got great, great memories of playing things like the first partita. I think I think I did the Bach first partita is my grade eight, maybe grade eight piano. OK. Yeah. Uh, I remember studying the Italian concerto when I was a student and playing that. I still love that. Just, you know, but the list for Bach goes on and on. So it yeah. could be in any number of different pieces but uh yeah well that's one of the things i love about about him there's just so much out there to look into and to get to know and to love be that the choral stuff or the organ music it's so good do you have a particular performer or version of this that you like no well this is where it gets difficult because i you know i um normally i don't listen to classical music that much that sounds ridiculous for somebody who works in in the trade but uh no i've heard that from a few people actually the live versions are always the best and uh yeah it's more about having you know the experiences that you've had singing them or playing in them yeah and i, I found the classical music that i enjoy particularly the choral stuff i always have a particular performance or memory of it or it, it reminds me of people, I think. And I think, oh, I remember singing the tenor part next to this guy. And um... it's the connection with people again, isn't it? another B. Yeah. Now this again, an easy choice, Brahms is is my next favorite composer. And again, it can be anything, it can be choral music, it can be orchestral music, it can be piano music. Um but this particular piece that I've chosen, this intermezzo, um is just a particular favorite. Um I haven't got big hands as I've already said for playing the piano, but um so some of some of the Brahms I find mm. quite big to play, uh, but I've done you know waltzes and ballads and and but the intermezzi are the little more intimate pieces of music that I love, um, and this particular one is just one that I can still sit down and can't play it all from memory, but I can play quite a bit of it from memory. It's obviously one that uh, was very close yeah. to my heart, um, and. When uh, Andy and I went to Hamburg for a few days in Christmas, just before Christmas 2016, two two highlights of that little trip. One was that we went to the Brahms Museum in Hamburg and I played on Brahms's piano. And this was the piece that I played. 
Um, so that's a lovely memory. Uh, and to actually sit there at, at Brahms's instrument and play one of his pieces. And the other, the other memory, which actually links back to Bach, is that we went to a performance of the Christmas Oratorio in St Michael's Church oh. in Hamburg, and which was just spectacular. So there you go. I've managed to get another Very bit of Bach good. in. Very good, cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, this is a piece of Brahms that I didn't know at all. The only Brahms I, yeah, well, the only, really? the only Brahms I really know is the Requiem, which I adore. Um, oh. And that yes, was, I got to know that from singing it. And uh, I always go back to it. I just think it's an incredible piece. But his other music, I don't really know. So I need to, this is all part of the podcast. The reason I'm doing it is to explore other people's recommendations and then force myself to go and listen to uh, these new pieces. So this is great. Tell us about your next track. Right, now this this is Rachmaninoff vocalese, which I've heard it a few times recently, usually played with a cello soloist. I can't remember the guy who played it. Um, but I've I've accompanied this piece a few times and it's it's a to me, well, I suppose because it's called vocalese, maybe it is meant to be a song. It's a beautiful melody. Um and I've accompanied a few different students who've played it over the years for diploma exams or grade eights or whatever um and i just i just love it i love it uh, the one that's the performance that sticks in my mind uh was done by a euphonium player actually called alex seedhouse do you know alex seedhouse i know the name you probably know claire seedhouse alex's mum who's a oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And yeah. i i accompanied alex for a couple of his exams um he's a super super euphonium player and he went to study at the royal northern um and i actually went to his audition with him um and he played the rachmaninoff vocalese um as part of his audition and it was just lovely absolutely beautiful uh and for and to play a you know a piece like that on a brass band instrument you know people would yeah. go, oh no that's not right but actually no it works beautifully yeah. happy memory of uh of him and uh, some lovely music. Because yeah, I've always associated it with an instrument, usually cello, actually. But yeah, knowing it was, I think it was originally written for either, well, high voice, soprano or tenor. But yeah, to have it on a brass instrument. Well, I think, I mean, I think that's where the, euf the, the euphonium is just, you know, that beautiful mellow sound that you get. Mm, um, yeah. Alex, Alex did play it beautifully. It's not easy. It was quite quite high for euphonium, but uh, yeah, I can imagine. Oh, just spellbinding, lovely music.
your next track, you've chosen some Vaughan Williams. Yes. Oh, well, now again, um, master, master English composer, one of, mm. again, one of my favourite composers, choral music, orchestral music, solos, instruments. Oh, I mean, just the list goes on and on and on. Uh, yeah. And it's a matter of what do I choose? Do I choose elements of the C symphony? Oh, um, Silent Noon, one of my favourite songs, which was actually uh, sung at our younger daughter Lizzie and Mark's wedding. Oh, lovely. Which Roderick Williams sang at the cathedral a year or so ago. Was it last year when he did a recital? He, yes, he, he yes. sang Silent Noon as, his, uh, as a little encore and it just... Well, I had tears streaming down my face. Gosh, yeah. that guy can put a song across. It was just yeah. superb. Um, but the mystical songs, I think my first love of Vaughan Williams goes back to my first singing teacher, whose name was Robert Williams uh, okay. in Shropshire. He taught me from, uh, I suppose I was in the sixth form when I started having singing lessons with him. Uh, and he was a... A lovely baritone and he'd, he'd studied at Birmingham School of Music as it was then called with John Carroll Case oh, Okay. Uh, and he had a love of Vaughan Williams which I think he passed on to me and the mystical mm. songs he had sung as a soloist um, and that's, that's where my love of the mystical songs first began I think um, and then more recently, um, a few years ago, when East England singers were on tour in um, Denbyshire, uh, we we did a performance in St Asaph Cathedral and Stephen Cooper sang the mystical songs and I accompanied for him. Um, and then last year, uh, St Peter's Choir went to uh, Riga for a, a sort of international weekend tour, which was a lovely, lovely trip. And Ben Watkins, who's a young singer from St Peter's, who now sings yes. at Oldham College, Oxford. You know, you know Ben, don't you? Of course. Yeah. He was in your youth choir, wasn't he, before he left? Yeah. And um, even at that stage, he knew he was going to go far. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Stunning, stunning voice. And uh, Peter Seatman asked uh, Ben and I, would we be prepared to do the mystical songs? Because one of, one of the uh, churches that we were using... Um, for concerts um, didn't have an organ uh, or right. didn't have an organ that was in use or um, actually no I don't think it had an organ at all I think the organ had been removed maybe maybe I've got that wrong yeah. anyway um, he said would we be happy to do it and obviously the choir would put in the other bits and and so uh, we did and it was lovely uh, and it yeah. was fun and so I've got very happy memories of I've accompanied Ben quite a lot for um different things and he's a great musician and uh yes he certainly knows how to put Vaughan Williams across yeah um yeah and so yes the first song the Easter is just oh touches my heart
Yeah, there's something about that opening oh, yes. bit, which I just... Yeah. It's glorious. I've I'm a, I've been a huge fan of Born Williams music since I think it's A level. We did um, him as a studied him as a composer. Um, yeah, and... actually, we did. We did um, Serenade to Music. Oh, really? No, okay. It was um, was it an O level set? It was either O level or A level. We did Serenade. No, no, I think it was A level. Um, yeah. And the Serenade to Music, just just lovely. Yeah. Just, and and um, the symphony is gorgeous. The fifth symphony is my particular favourite because I've played it with County Orchestra back in the day. Okay, um, yeah. Just lovely, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. I remember at, um, at school we studied a range of his music and the only symphony we looked at was the seventh one, Symphonia Antarctica. Oh, nice. Which... It just blew me away. I thought this is yeah. Born Williams symphonies—they're all very different, aren't they? Aren't they? Yeah. And it, I, it took me a while to get to the fourth one, and it's just so different to <laughs> everything else that sort of the well, the third one and the fifth yeah. one on either side. Yeah. Uh, so angry and uh, so gritty. It's great. In fact, that's just reminded me. I, I um, I'd recorded a, a documentary. Um, which was, um, it must have been on the TV fairly recently, but I think it was obviously repeated. Um, and it was about the friendship between Vaughan Williams and Holst. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was really, in, they were, they you know, they became very good friends and um, they were playing snippets of the planets and then they were playing snippets of Vaughan Williams music and talking about the relationship between the two and how, um one was a pacifist and one was one was fighting in the war and yeah really interesting the relationship between the two of them fascinating i think they studied at college at a similar time and then they their friendship carried on and they used to meet up and they used to go for long walks together all oh, right um, yeah and discuss all thing all things music presumably yeah uh, and now to some parry yes yeah. Again, this is a classic. Know, classic, classic choral music had to be in again. Had to be in the list because Andy and I had it sung at our wedding. Oh, lovely! Thirty-seven years ago in June, uh, yeah. and it was actually sung at our wedding by the Midlands Chorale, um, which was the chamber choir. Sort of the chamber choir, one of the chamber choirs of the West Midlands, whereas EOES is a choir of the East Midlands, and obviously there are several. Uh, Midlands yeah. Chorale was one of the choirs of the West Midlands, which is obviously where I come from originally. And my singing yeah. teacher then, Robert Williams, used to conduct the Midlands Chorale. And actually, I accompanied for them a few times. So there was obviously some accompaniment stuff going on very early, you know, straight after college days. And um, yeah. when Andy and I got married... Or were getting married um I was glad it was I mean just one of my favorite um anthems um I mean it's, obviously it's a coronation anthem oh just oh amazing yeah um and I spoke to Bob my singing teacher and I, I said is there any way that um the Midlands Chorale could come because obviously I sang with them regularly but you know I said you know could they come and and you know, sing I Was Glad at Our Wedding. And he said, well, actually, uh, we're doing, we're going to be doing a concert that day anyway in Shrewsbury. 
Um, so yeah, we could we could come and sing. I was glad at your wedding on the way to rehearse, and we're doing it. They, I think they were doing the Brahms Re- Requiem in the evening, um, yeah. and and we'll just you know have the I was glad as a rehearsal sort of thing before we go off. <laughs> so they literally came. The whole choir came, and and where where Andy and I got married, it was a little tiny church in Uppington, very close to where my mum still lives right by the Reekin um, in Shropshire, tiny, tiny church. Um, yeah. And they f- they were bulging out of the tiny choir stalls because they were like, you know, I don't know, between tw- nearer 30 than 20 people singing in the choir. And they were all in their white tops and black skirts or black trousers. And the guys were in their tuxedos that they would, you know, all their concert gear. Yeah. Um, and they came and sang. Uh, and my A-level teacher, Bob Wysom, uh, who was an organist, he sadly died recently. Um, he was playing the organ and he, he kept saying, yeah, this is all very well. But this this little organ, you know, it's got five stops, but only three of them <laughs> work. It, it really wasn't a great organ, but it just sounded amazing. And they literally almost took the roof off the church with the sound they made when yeah. they sang just and of course I've I've sung it several times with East Finland singers and um you know I think we've probably done it with St Peter's as well I mean you know big chorus have done it and I think mm. I I've got a feeling that the drive time choir at the concert hall were going to do it this summer oh um, right of course that didn't happen and I never got as far as knowing what what the repertoire was going to be but I've got a feeling I'd heard it mentioned that I was glad was going to be what we were going to sing this time and doing that with a big orchestra as well that would have been oh yeah thrilling um (laughs) yeah not not a piddly organ with three stops (laughs) (laughs) but it was it was lovely it's all about the the occasion isn't it oh exactly happy Um, memories of that that was it's it's one of those pieces that I always think it always feels almost slightly overdone but every time I come to it every time I conduct it or sing it I'm like this is great it is (laughs) I I agree sometimes yeah I know what you mean some pieces you oh yeah this has been done to death loads so many everybody does this and yeah do it not so well and but it's such good music yeah it is such good music going to stick with the royal theme yeah uh, for your next track yes now again uh we had it at our wedding that's true <laughs> yeah oh, great yeah um yeah I, I just now this this crown imperial harks right back to when i was in my mid-teens as a trombone player in shropshire county orchestra uh and we played this piece and I ju- it just blew me away. It's just beautiful music. Just, ah, oh, yeah, just love it. I love Walton. Again, great English composer, isn't he? This just, and 
the Crown Imperial, you know, as I say, it was played on a, a piddly little organ, but it had this <laughs> majestic, majestic feel, and it was just lovely to walk in to our wedding. is one of the, another one of those composers where I only know maybe I mean I know Crown Imperial and the other one um, Orban Scepter Orban Scepter <laughs> yeah, yeah that's the yeah. one I can, sing along, I can sing along to that one when it's on the radio as well it's just amazing yeah amazing um, but I don't think I know much more of his music which is my bad really I need to um, uh, you know Henry the Fifth Suite have you come across that I don't think so. Yeah, I uh, know. Yeah, that's there's some lovely, lovely bits in that. That um, I know the Youth String Orchestra, MFE Youth String Orchestra. Oh, okay. The Henry yeah. Beats, and that's just lovely, lovely. Yeah, I remember um, having the opportunity to take part, to sing in Belshazzar's Feast, but I can't remember when it was. But I, it was ages ago, and I had to pull out i wasn't able yeah, to yeah I've, I've never done that i've never done and that, but... everyone that i've uh that i know who's been involved in it i just feel like that's great you must it, it's just incredible music it's really great good fun mm. um but i've still not really had that experience of it yet but yeah you're young with plenty of time <laughs> well i should have really been exploring this during lockdown you know plenty of time to although what i am doing i'm I've been trying to explore the symphonies of Mahler um, oh, because yeah, I made the list as well. Couldn't it? <laughs> um, I think I, yeah, I sung in Mahler too uh, at university, but um, didn't really know any of the other symphonies and everyone just goes on about how great they are. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to sit down and uh, watch uh, performances of them on YouTube and just go through each symphony. And I've made it to the f- the most recent one, it was the fifth symphony. Was the most recent one, so um, I'm getting there, and yep. it's a, a bit of a revelation. Incredible music, actually. Yeah. Now, your last track is something really quite different, different. <laughs> <laughs> which is great. <laughs> you know what? Uh, <laughs> For somebody with a career in classical music, this was first on the list. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Why was it first on the list? No idea. Well, it, it's just it's just one of my all-time favourite tracks. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I was in the sixth form, I just got introduced to Santana, Carlos Santana, um, and I just love the music. I have no idea why. It's just uh, pa- something about his guitar playing has just got a, a passion to it that... Uh, yeah. And the Europa track that I've chosen is, oh, just, again, tugs at the heart. It's very emotional music. Mm, yeah. Um, and I've seen him play live 
three times. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I mean, I've been to quite a few, you know, gigs, as they're now called, pop concerts, I suppose we used to call them, gigs they're now called, Um, over the years, you know, Fleetwood Mac, The Eagles, Level 42, uh, you know, loads of different ones. Um, But Santana's the one person that we've, I've seen three times now. Yeah. Um, just incredible, incredible musician. Um, and and I mean, the Europa is is a very different. Lots of the the music that the group and and he play or used to play. I don't know whether they play so much now. Lots of very um, lively carnival atmosphere. Um, just party music, really great. Yeah. Great stuff. And I just used to love bopping along to a lot of it. Um, yeah, just really interesting. But that that one track, um, yeah, very emotional, um, very beautiful. Also didn't know this one. Um, Did you not? Know? Listen you're, to it. Yeah. So I put all of the tr- um, all of your music onto a playlist and was listening to it, and of course, like, oh yeah, the power, yeah, great, Walton, yeah, great, and then I had forgotten about this last track, and I was doing, I think I was doing the washing up or something, and could hear this music, and I was like, this sounds like autumn leaves, um, and then I went back, I was like, no, it's not autumn leaves, it's it's this. But I think it's got like a similar chord progression or something as Autumn Leaves. Uh, I need to go back and like listen to it properly again. There's the composer in you. I have I have <laughs> that link, but I will um, I will have to listen to it again with that in mind. How yeah, I hope I haven't ruined it for you. But yeah, it's a stunning track. Really stunning. It is. It's um, lovely. Lovely music. Thank you so much for that. Oh, it's been fun. Thank you. No, it's just always interesting to see what different things people are listening to. And I've come across some new pieces. So very selfishly, it's been really great for me from that point of view as well. Uh, so thank you for that. And no doubt we'll speak again before long. All right, my love. Goodbye. Goodbye.